each and every one, oh God, with a fresh anointing this morning, oh God. I pray that you would just continue to do those things, oh God, that only you can do, Father God, as we give you all praise, glory, and honor. In the wonderful holy name of Jesus, we pray. You may be seated. I want to uh, title the message this morning, uh, Pressing at the Altar. The Pressing at the Altar. And so, as, I, as the Lord started dealing with my heart uh, several weeks ago about this message, I knew that at that time that there was going to be sooner or later that Brother Eddie was going to call and says, hey, I need to do that. I always know that when the Lord starts dealing with my heart about things like this. And so I try to be that to ready and to be when he called me and says, I need you to preach. And I, I said, I'm ready. I'll do it, whatever you need to do. But I'm here to tell you this morning, as God has touched each and every one of us, there is a pressing that needs to come from an altar. Amen. There is a touch of God that needs to come. And see, there's a lot of things that we can do. And the world wants to do anything and everything that it wants to do, but only in the pressing of the altars that make you to know who God wants you to be. There's a lot of things out there that's kind of want to pull us back. And see, that's the difference between the world and the church. And, and, but the problem is, is that the church has tried to be more worldly. They want to have a, a, a hot dog offerings and doing all this kind of stuff instead of coming to an altar of repentance to let God know that I'm truly saved and born again and there's something that's changed inside of me that God is going to do something great and different in my own life. Amen. So there's a lot of things where people will see you before who, who God uh, before God touched you. We all have a past and we all have certain things in our lives that we're not proud of. But there's certain things that happen as if when God touches us is that we ought to be the greatest example that God has ever seen because we are following Him. And when you get closer to Him... He will, in response, get closer to you, and He will lead you and guide you. We talked about that. We sang about that this morning, about how good God is. And I'm so excited to see young people like Riley and her friends and all those things that are out there living for God instead of living in this world. You know, it's an easy thing to go out, especially as a young person, to be, to be pulled away from what God has even blessed in their own families in doing those things because that's what the world wants to do. Uh, we, we see that every day. But I want us to understand and, and doing those things is as we look upon that altar and how important it is and, and the importance of those things, we, we recently have studied in the last several weeks about the importance of the altar and, and all of the things that it does and the importance of that thing. See, the great thing about that altar in the Old Testament is that everybody, every once a year, that priest would come to that altar and they would, he would make that sacrifice for all the people. But I'm here to tell you that all changed when Jesus died upon the cross. When that veil was ripped in two, he, we had an immediate access to our own altars that we could go to each and every day. And I think the problem is, is that today the altar has been cast away by even by churches because it doesn't have a meaning anymore. And I want us to understand is that that pressing, that that pressing, and what what I'm gonna I want to I'm gonna get closer into my message here in a minute. But I want you to understand is that that pressing of what God is doing on our lives. When you get pressed, things come out. Amen. Right. And God wants us to press out all of the worldly things and become holy things that God can use 
Because this world needs to see men and women and young people that are still living for him, living a holy lifestyle in the midst of a, a world that has turned away from God in everything that they do to live for him and glorify him and magnify him. See, the world doesn't understand when you go through things and yet you can still raise your hand. The world doesn't understand when, when things come against you and you can still say, thank you, Lord, that I'm going through these and all these struggles and all this trials and tribulation and these circumstances and situations. But what the world needs to see is men and women who are not afraid that in the midst of struggles, in the midst of trials, to still worship Him and glorify Him. And that only comes through a pressing when God has moved upon each and every one of our lives. Amen? So as we look upon this message this morning... I want us to understand the altar and how important this altar is even in our own Bible Way church. But you can have an altar wherever it is. You can have an altar at your home. And we should have that altar at our own home where we go into our, our place, that, that, that closet or whatever you want to make it to say, this is my altar where I'm going to praise and worship. This is where I'm going to go and I'm going to meet him and he's going to meet me. But I'm here to tell you, it starts here at an altar of worship. It starts with an altar of praise because God has called us to be worshipers. Amen? Amen. You know, God didn't call us to sit around with our arms folded or, or, or just, you know, I'm, Brother Joey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really excitable. And I'm not. Listen, when we, get into, when we get into heaven, and that's our ultimate goal, amen, there's, there's going to be a rejoicing. There's going to be a, a, a sound as a mighty rushing wind that, that we can't comprehend, just the sound of, of all the worshipers getting together. So if I'm going to worship then, then I need to worship now. Amen? I need to get ready and I need to practice while I'm on this earth because I need to worship Him and all that He is and all that He does. But I'm here to tell you, this altar brings forth healing. This altar brings forth Repentance. This altar brings forth that what God needs from us so that we can give it back to Him. See, He doesn't need you and I, but He has called us to be that that He can use as a vessel, as a, as a servant, as we humbly come before Him in everything that we do and everything that we are. And as we look upon this lesson this morning, I'm here to tell you, the alcoholic needs this altar. The, 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 the sinner needs this altar. The addict needs this altar, but I'm also here to tell you the sinner and the saint needs this altar. And this altar is good for the Pentecostal as it is for the Baptist. And if we just understand that God is calling each and every one of us to be in that pressing and that, and I'm, uh, uh, all of those things that God has called us to do. And so I, I, I forgot my, I, didn't, I was going to bring props this morning, but I forgot them. So I'm just going to tell you what they were. I asked my wife, I said, do we have any grapes? Yes. Do we have any raisins? Absolutely. And so I, I'm going to bring those, and I want to show you this just quickly. Like I said, I'm not going to keep you long, but I want you to understand this. This altar is going to stir you up. This altar is going to press on you so that God can get all the juice out of you that He needs to get out of you. This altar is going to be used by God so that, he can be, so that we can be used by Him. And so you can't come in here with all this and that pressing 
And, and I was going to use that as an example of how that grape is off of that vine. And Jesus said here, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to show you something here too that I've never seen before. But he says, I am the true vine. And he didn't say just, I am the vine. We would probably say, I am the vine. He says, I am the true vine. And so when I went and I, I'm going to show you here in a minute of, of where I think the Lord had, had, has led me to because I want you to see all these things. This altar is going to strengthen our relationship with Him. But it's also going to cause us to walk in a holy way that the world doesn't understand. You know, you go out in the world today, and they, if, if you don't drink, then, then they look at you crazy. If you don't cuss, they look at you like, what is going on? If you don't live worldly like they do, then they ask, what, what, what's wrong? But see, I'm here, to, I'm here to tell you, God has called us to be separate from this world. Amen? Yes, He's called us not to be looking like that because I'm here to tell you, if, if we go out and we, we talk like the world, we act like the world, we say the worldly things, we do all the worldly things, then what does that bring them and want them to come to church and be a part of what God is blessed with? Amen? But I'm here to tell you, God has called us to be separate and separated from a world that is full of sin and trying to destroy families and trying to destroy the, 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 the basic principle of who God is. They, they want to tell you, that even in churches today, and I'm not trying to knock on churches, I'm not trying to do any of that, but I'm here to tell you is that, is that we have got to get back on that straight and narrow path. Amen? And, and we got to get back on that to say, you know what, God is first in everything that I do, and more important than anything else. He's more important than a ball game. He's more important than, than a fishing trip. He's more important than going out hunting on Sundays when that big buck is always going to show up on your camera. He's always, he's more important in all of those things that the world tries to make important. But what God needs us to do is to be that fruit. And I'm going to get into that this morning. I want you to see that. But he said he's the true vine. And that, that we are the branches. And you know that if you think know anything about, I, I'm not a grower of things, but we know that is that vine has to have roots. And it produces and it sprouts off. And that's those sprouts will all ultimately, or should, if it has the right fertilizer, produce fruit. That's the general principle. So that's, that's farming 101 or growing a vegetable 101. It's got to have the, but it's also got to have good dirt. Amen? It's got to have that good dirt that it can be planted in and doing those things. And so as we see that and we look upon this, if you stay attached, if we stay attached to that vine, who Jesus says, I am the true vine, then he is always going to nourish us or give us what he needs from or he needs to give to us, and he is going to replenish that that the world tries to take away. I'm here to tell you the church needs a replenishing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It needs, it needs a fresh anointing, a fresh movement where we don't hinder and we don't limit and we don't box them in, but we say, Lord, just use me as you need to use me. Touch me as you need to touch me. I want we sang about it or talked about it. I want to be a soldier in that. And you know, when you go into soldier, you take orders and you do the things that you do. And if you don't, then you become AWOL or you become that branch that has been cut off. And so as we look upon this, listen to this, what it says. Once again, I want to read this to you in 15 and 1. It says, but, uh, but now I go, um, 
I'm sorry, and, and 15 and 1. Let me go back to that. I was on the wrong. He says, but I am the true vine. And my father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth my fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, and that it may bring forth more fruit. So let me read this to you. Once again, I've never seen this before, and I was wondering, why did he say, I am the true vine, instead of just the vine? But listen to what it says here in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy 32, and 30, and, yeah, 32 and, and 32. Listen to what it says here. Now this is the this is the uh, and this is the the chapter 32 is the, it would be labeled as the song of Moses, and this is what Moses is saying in this song. But listen to what it says here in verse 32 and chapter 32 and 32 of uh, Deuteronomy it says, "For their vine is the vine of Sodom." And the fields of Gomorrah and their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of acts. Let me read that again. Jesus said in chapter 15 of John, I am the true vine. And in Deuteronomy it says, you are a false vine. Or you are a vine of Sodom and you are the gall of Sodom. And all of those things that are there. So when I started studying that, you know, I, I, Brother Joey loves to study some things sometimes. I started studying that. And let me ask you this question. How many of you know that Satan is a counterfeiter? Amen. Satan is a counterfeiter of everything that the Lord tries to do. If Jesus says, I am the true vine, the world says, I am the vine of Sodom. And we see that in the world today. You know, you can't even turn a, a, a commercial on today without having to close your eyes. You can't even turn the TVs on without doing all this. And, oh, Brother Joel, you, you're going to make me get rid of my TV. I'm not making you get rid of anything. But I'm here to tell you this altar will make you get rid of things. Yes, this altar will make you get rid of things that are taking you and hindering you from being what God wants you to be. But I, I was looking as I was reading over this and I was studying this. This, this fruit... It's, it was called the Osher fruit. Never heard of it before. So I looked up this, I looked up what Osher fruit was. And this was the basic definition of the Osher fruit. The Osher fruit had similarities like every other thing. They also called it the apple of Sodom. Okay? The apple of Sodom. This fruit had every, every look just like the fruit that God is talking about. It had every similar uh, uh, capabilities of it. It looked just like it. it when it, when it, it, it was on clusters, like you would see a grape, uh, it would be, it would, uh, uh, when it was ripe, it would turn a certain color. You would touch it. It, was, it, was, uh, it had a soft feel to it. But if you, once again, we're talking about the pressing of the altar. But if you pressed on it, it would just pop and just be a puff of air that's inside of it. Because then, let me say this to you like this. And the Bible said, or the, when you study it, the Bible didn't say this, but if you studied that, that that ocean fruit inside of it was a talky, toxic, milky substance to the point that it, if it got on you, that even uh, uh, a soap couldn't even get it off. It was soap resistant. That's how it would get on you. 
And so when I read that, I thought, man, that's just like the world. That is just like the world. And to a certain extent, it is just like the church. Because we want to come in and we want to play church. We want to look churchy. We want to act churchy. We want to do all those things. We want to wear dresses all the way. Listen, I'm not knocking dresses. But I want you to understand that. We, I'm not knocking anything like that. I'm not talking about you. I just want you to understand that. But there's a certain people, a principle that want to look like it, want to act like it, but inside of it, they're nothing but hot air. They're nothing but hot air. And you know them by the, the, the signs of their fruit. Amen? You know them by those things. And, and, and so we, we, we're in a culture where the toxicity of those things, you know, I, I, you know, look, you know that as well. I tell you all the time in Sunday school, listen, don't put, your, don't put all your business on Facebook. Right. Amen? Don't put all your information on Facebook because there's going to be some gossipers. There's going to be some talkers. Right, yeah. There's going to be all those who are going to point a finger and doing all those things, but they're not willing to do anything but, 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 but to try to tear you down and all those situations and circumstances. But there's a toxic people that are out in the world today that are trying to get you to be destroyed in those things that, that God has called you to do. But be careful about those things, those wolves in sheep's clothing, because there's a lot of people that look like it, they may even talk like it, but inside they have nothing to give to, because they have not given their heart. They have not been to that pressing, because I'm here to tell you, when you get to that pressing, you're going to, you, 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 listen, you don't come to Sunday school or church or Wednesday night service or Tuesday night prayer meeting or a revival or anything because you just, well, it's just, because, listen, you come because there's a pressing that God is pressing on you because when you get in the presence of the Lord, you want to be in the presence of the yeah. Lord. Yeah. You've been in the world for all the, the, the whole week. You've been working all with, with people that don't believe and trust. But when I, listen, I need to get in the presence of an altar. I need to get in a presence that God is going to move in a great and a mighty way that I know that when I leave here, I'm going to leave here different and I'm not going to leave the same way as when I came in. And Because if I leave the same, because all that worldly stuff is on me, then it's not. I need that pressing that God wants to give because I don't want to be a fake Christian. That's right. I don't want to be labeled as somebody who has... No, no, no love. No, you know, there's fruits of the Spirit. Amen. And when we talk about this and we talk about Jesus saying, I am the true vine. I am that that you need. I am that that's going to nourish you. I am that that's going to protect you. I am that when you have a strong vine, then you're going to have strong fruit and it's going to produce. Amen. But if you've ever produced something and you don't put it in good ground, you don't water it, you don't fertilize it, you don't nourish it, then it's going to wither away. And that's what the church is, is, is we have to be that that God can use regardless of who you are. You may not have a position, you may not have a title. I, I think that's sometimes a little overrated. But when we come in here, we need to be servants. I don't care if you're standing behind a pulpit or you're sitting on the last row. I need to be a servant of Christ. I need to be what God is going to use and what God can use. And when he presses on me, then I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to give him that fruit and, and the benefits of what he has built up inside of me. Because there's two types of fruit or there's two types of people. There's fruitless and there's fruitful. 
Amen. There's two types. There, that's what you have to deal with. It's not, listen, it's not an eight-step program. There's two, fruitless and fruitful. I don't know what you want, but I want to be fruitful this morning. Amen. I, I want to be something that God can say, I can trust that man to lead his family and to lead his church and his Sunday school and his work and live for me wherever he goes. Whether it's not just in Foley, not just in Magnolia Springs, but wherever he goes to Chicago, he's going to live holy. If he goes to South Dakota, he's still going to live holy. It doesn't matter where maybe nobody's around, but I'm telling you, when God moves, then we are pressed at this altar to move, be moved by him. Amen? But let's talk about the fruitless, fruitless ones this morning. These branches cease to bear fruit. And, they, and, and listen, and even though at one time they may have produced fruit, that's where I was going to bring in my uh, grape and I was going to bring in my raisin. I was, in, I was in college years ago. So Riley, I was probably your age years ago. And I, had a, I met a friend and he had a roommate who was from Germany. And they do things a whole lot different than we do. Amen? But one of the things that I went in, and he had a bowl. And in this bowl was a bowl full of raisins. And, I, and, and when I looked at it, it was, he had covered it with water. And I said, what are you, what are you doing? I, never, I thought, was this a German thing? Did you wash, you, you wash your raisins? I never know anything. He says, no. He says, if you'll take those raisins that used to be that fruit, now it's dried up, but you put it in that water, then that water will pump the fruit back up to where it should be. I didn't believe it. I tried it. And guess what? That dried up raisin, once it was put under that, I want you to understand, I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. But once that dried up raisin was put under that water, being the Holy Ghost, then it was filled back with the, the fruit and all the things that God had in, 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 had it in store for it from the beginning. And so I want you to know this morning that if, if you once were that great, but now you're feeling like I'm that raisin, if you come to this altar, God will restore what the world has taken away. If you come to this altar and be in that, getting that pressing and say, God, I need you more than I need this world. I need you more than the way I'm feeling right now. I need you more than, than all the things that I've already tried. Just as that woman with the issue of blood tried everything else, but she pressed to get close to Jesus. And that's what we need to do in this altar, in this pressing, is get close to Him so that even though that the world may have, have taken a little bit away, we can get in and we can get back that nutrient that God has in store for each and every one of us because He's saying in His own Word that I am the true vine. You are the branches. We are the branches that God has for each and every one of us. And that nourishment only comes through Him. It doesn't come from... It, listen, that nourishment doesn't come from being... And by the way, that nourishment doesn't come from sitting under... Brother Eddie, listen, and I'm not, not once again, I want, don't go, Brother brother Joyce, you know this. I'm, what I'm saying is we have to be under, wonder what God has in store for each and every one of us. Yes, yes, Lord. 
And even though I love Bible way and I love you like my own brothers and sisters this morning, I need Him more than I need anything else. I need God greater than I need anything else in my life this, this morning. My wife and I, I'm not trying to put her on the spot this morning, but we're going to celebrate 31 years. Hallelujah. 31 years come Wednesday. Almost I had to stop. That only comes from pressing in this altar. That only comes from getting here because I'm going to tell you, I'm not the easiest person to live with. I'm surprised you didn't take a run around the church. But I want you to understand is there's a difference between a fruitful person and a fruitless person. There's been a lot of people that have come through those doors sit on these pews. And one of the most, I still remember it, to, to this, and I can't remember the message, but there was a young man, probably sitting Brother Daniel, where you're sitting right now. He was up here one time, and the message was so powerful that when I went over and was talking to him, he was sitting there, he was crying. And he was, I would say he was probably 19, 18, 19, maybe 20, and, that, and the pressing on him was so powerful that his knees were knocking. Literally, knees were knocking right then and there. He said, and I was talking to him, and he was talking to him about the Lord and how good God is. And he says, you know what? This is, this is the best thing that I've ever felt. I don't know. I don't, he said, I don't even know how to react. And I said, look, we've all been there. Because when you get into that pressing, then God is going to squeeze out all of those impurities in our lives that we don't need to be. And he says, well, I don't know what I'm going to tell my girlfriend. I said, well, tell her the truth. I said, more, more importantly, bring her with you when you come back tonight. And all those things, and the problem is, is that, you know, he never came back. Never saw him again. So we have to understand that the pressing of this altar is to draw us closer to God than we've ever been before. Do you know at this time and this hour that we're in in the world is that we have to push everything else aside. Push, push everything else. Off. You know, there's everybody's so busy now that we don't have time to get in the altar. We don't have time to get into prayer time. We don't have time to get into study. We don't have time to get into reading. Man, I used to read all the time. Man, I used to study. Man, I used to pray all the time. Well, what's happened? God hasn't changed. That vine is still true and that vine is still full of nourishment and he's wanting to continue to, to do that so that we'll bear fruit because I'm going to tell you, when you're in him, we're, I, listen, we we got to quit being just hearers only yeah. but being doers of God's. And when you start doing that, then you're going to produce your own fruit. Not because to glorify you, but to glorify him in everything that you do and everything that you are, amen? Because I know that every one of us Every one of us, before it's over, are going to have to stand before the Lord right. and give an account of who we are and what we've done. Amen? And so as we look upon this, we talked about the fruitless. We talked about that osher fruit. That fruit that looks like it, has all the characteristics of it, 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 it does the same thing, but when it's pressed, it just it puffs and hot air and it's got all that inside that is toxic. And we've been through that. I don't have many pages this morning, so 
I, I, I know it may have several, but it's only because I can't see and I have to enlarge my, <laughs> enlarge my words. So here we are is this, this toxicity of these things. Even in Matthew 21, if you go to Matthew 21 and 33, Jesus gives a parable of the, the, an owner of a vineyard who hires this person, to, he calls him the husbandman, we know that, and all of this, and he hires them. And when the time of the fruit or the harvest, he sends the servants to, uh, to come back and harvest. Well, the husbandman and his group beat up and kill one of them and stone another one. So he says, well, I'll send more. He does the same thing. He says, well, I'll send my son because they'll respect my son. And they said, here's his son. Let's kill him so that we can take, the, the, we can take his inheritance of what it is. And, and what he was saying, Jesus was talking to them, and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees understood that he was talking about them because of the fruitlessness that they had. See, they were they looked they looked apart. They were the priests. They were the ones that everybody went to. But the reality of it is that they held no power because they were fruitless in the things that God had called them to be and had called them to do. But I'm here to tell you is that if we don't get in that anointing, we don't get in that pressing, and we don't do that, and it's not one of those. And let me say this too, and I hear this all the time that that once saved, always saved. You can't, once you get cut off from the vine, it doesn't mean that you can always get back on the vine. Amen? But we, we can get grafted back in as we come back to God with a humble and true heart. But the reality of it is, is we've got to get into that pressing of this altar that God can use us to be fruitful in all those things. I don't want to be called fruitless in my walk with the Lord. Amen? I don't want to be called that. I want to be called somebody that God can use and do those things that God needs to have in that pressing that He has. But I'm here to tell you is, it, this is what I wrote to in my notes, is that Jesus said in verse 6 that they could wither away and be cast into the fire. And if you don't wither away as long as you have a flow from the vine. The consequences of, to, of, a, of a fruitless life are removal from Jesus and ultimate destruction. So we've talked about the fruitlessness, the, the ones that are fruitlessness, but let's talk about the fruitful. These branches always bear fruit. They're always attacked. They have life because they have life in Jesus and enduring faith in Him and all that they are. And so as we look upon that grape that we talked about earlier compared to that raisin that is dried up and, and without the things and the merits, because you know what? You bite into a grape, and man, it squishes, and man, it's, it's good. It's got a good taste. But you bite into a raisin, and man, you're going to be gnawing on that thing for a little bit before you get it. It still may have some characteristics, but it doesn't have the full characteristics that it was off when it was on that vine. And so as a fruitful person, then you're going to see things that God is going to do in a great and a mighty way. We all need God to move in our lives. Amen? And I'm here to tell you the only way that we're going to do that is being fruitful by Him, by being a servant, to being obedient to His Word, to doing the things that God has called us to do. Because there is a world out there, once again, that is trying to destroy what God has done in your life and the testimony that He has done and given to each and every one of us. That testimony only comes through the multitude of tests that we have that God has, has given us and made us to get away through and all that. So as we look upon that, we have to be, once again, to be a good vine, to be a good fruit, to have a good branch, you have to have good dirt to do all 
all those things, to have that good nourishment and to be used by that. We talked about that being a soldier. You don't put bad soldiers in the front. You don't, leave, you don't, you don't want to follow bad soldiers that are out there today. But I'm here to tell you is that it doesn't matter. Even our leaders, you know, listen, I, I still pray for our leaders of our country. Amen? I may not agree with them. I may not even even like to, to talk about them here, but I still pray for them because you know what? They still need the Lord. Yeah. Just as much as I do, they still need the Lord. And, and so as we look upon those things and that fruitfulness that's out there today, it must be careful with what it says. We've got to be careful with what God has given to us, and we've got to, as we are used by that, to be used what God can make us to, 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 to what we're saying to a world that is out there that is full of sin and they, well, I like to do this or I like to do that. But I'm here to tell you, if they don't get in with the Lord, they don't get under that pressing, then they're going to be that castaway, that vine that is put into that burning fire. And we, listen, we all know someone right now, whether it's a loved one, a neighbor, a friend, somebody that needs the Lord today. Amen. You're praying for them. You've been praying for them for a long time. You've been asking God to move on their lives and their hearts and all those things. And you need them to get into that fruit and back into that vine to get for God to, to be used to them again that God has in store for them. But we've got to do that. But Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. But the world is going to try to destroy that and, and through the temptations of all those things. He says, no man cometh to the Father but by me. All these things that we look at, you know, that we, we, we talk to our little ones, whether they're nieces, nephews, children, grandchildren, you know, we sing, we get them to, we want them to sing the songs of be careful little eyes what you see, right? Be careful little ears what you hear. But the reality of it is, as we grow up, what are we listening to what are we looking at, and what are we hearing and letting it go through, okay? I'm listening. I'm not trying to step on any toes this morning. I'm talking about a pressing of an altar that's going to, to get all of that worldly stuff out of us. I mean, we need to get back into an altar, and not just for a couple. Listen, I, I, want, to, I want to say this with all due respect, but I'm telling you, if you need something this morning, and you get in this altar... I don't care if everybody else leaves. I'm not leaving until I get what I need. I don't care what everybody else does. I need, I need the Lord to press on me to get whatever. If I need a healing, I'm getting a healing. If I need, I need, I need touch, I'm going to get it. If I need a, a, a fresh anointing, then I'm going to stay until whatever God needs. If there's a pressing on my life, then I want to get what God needs from me to be used by Him because, I, once again, I don't want to leave the same way. I don't want to come in with the world on my shoulders and leave with the world on my shoulders. I want, to, I want to leave it at an altar where God can use it and He can take it away and then I can go back and I can... See, God has called us to be, once again, to be used, to be separated, to be workers yeah. and, and doing the things that He has. He has we, that's what the branches are. The branches that He has called us to be are going to be producing that fruit that God needs for us to be in that fruitfulness that he has. So we've seen the, the, the chance of the, or the, the, the fruitless, and now we're seeing what God wants to do. He says, I am the true vine. You are the branch. You are the one that I can use, and you are the one that I can, that I, I can uh, produce that fruit in. 
And you are the one that I need to continue to stay in that, in that, in that time. Because, I listen, there's a lot of us that sometimes, even in our own lives, even in, even in our walk, you, you may not have done, done anything wrong, but there's always times where you may feel, you may have felt like that grape, but today you feel like that raisin. Man, I, I have been squeezed, and I have been squeezed, and I have been squeezed, and I have been squeezed, and, and, and I've been praying, and I've been praying, and I've been praying, but I'm not getting any answer. I'm not, I'm not getting any answer, but I'm here to tell you, keep praying, keep believing, and keep trusting in the Lord because he will answer those prayers. I'm still believing that I've got lost family that's going to get saved. I still believe that i got people that I know that are sick that God's going to heal. And, if, and if, if, listen, who else is going to believe? Who else, you think the world is going to believe that? They're not going to believe that. It's us that believe in trusting in Him and that vine and that branch that needs to produce that fruit that God is going to use to make a way where there seems to be no way. See, God has called us to be that. And He's called us to be those things. Listen to this. In Psalms 80 and 13, the, 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 the vine and that orchard or that vineyard was so important that they built hedges around it. And it kept out all of those things that were there to destroy it. It kept out the, the, the boars, and the, and the Bible says the boars, but also we know that is that it's there to, to take out the, or that, that, that hedge would protect it from anything that was there. Because if you ever been, if you ever had a, 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 a garden, you know that that animal will come in and may take a bite or two out of one, one of your tomatoes, and it may go into the next tomato and take a bite. You know what that does? It, that is dead. It's destroyed and all those things. But see, that's the great thing about it is God can produce a hedge around each and every one of us. You know, that's what I pray. Lord, put a hedge of protection around my family, around my church family, around those that are in need because we need, because this world, Satan is out there, once again, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to destroy your fruitfulness that's out there that, that God has provided for you. He wants to destroy all of those things that God is moving in your own life because he says, you know, there's a lot of times where we even say, God, I can't, man, I can't do this. You can't do it without the Lord. But with God, all things are possible and everything that we look upon. So if I believe and trust in him, then I can believe that he's going to heal. I can believe that he's going to touch. I believe he can get a fresh anointing. I can believe that God is going to move in a great and a mighty way this morning. Amen. And so as we look upon that and we do all those things, listen, I'm getting ready to end. When I was just finishing up this lesson last night or this message last night, and I thought about Job. And I thought about how Job had everything. Everything. He was wealthy. He had family. He was well-known in the community. He was well respected, and in, in a matter of time, it was all destroyed. He lost all of his family, all of his wealth. All of, he, he lost his standing in the community. He lost his health and all of those things. But he says, naked I came in, and naked I'll go out. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And through all of those things that he had, he still worshiped the Lord. I, I still, I, I've held on to that for a long time because, you know, there may be things that you're going through this morning. There may be things that your family's going through this morning. 
But if you'll hold on to God, I'm telling you, God is going to move in a great and a mighty way. He's going to do great things. But as we talk about this pressing, this altar of, of all those things, I, I'm, tell you, I'm telling you this morning, when I leave here, I want to be full of what God has. I want to be full of, of, of those things and those blessings that God has provided because, once again, He is the vine. We are the branches. We are those that are producing fruit. We are those that God is going to use in a great and a mighty way. But we've got to stay in with Him. And we've got to stay into this altar of prayer. We've got to stay in this altar of, uh, of repentance. Because I'm here to tell you, we need it just as much as everybody else does. Amen. We need to stay in here to believe and trust in Him greater than anything else. But I don't know about you, but I know when I got up this morning and said, you know, I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise and I'm going to magnify Him. I'm going to glorify Him and I'm going to lift Him on high because I need you today, greater today, Lord, than I needed you yesterday. I need you greater today than anything else. It's not because I'm here today standing behind this pulpit, but it's because I need to produce the fruit that you have in store for me. And the only way that we are going to do that is if we get into an altar and we say, Lord, I need you greater than anything else. I need you greater than any job. I need you greater than any family. I need you to greater than any church. I need you greater than anything else. And let you be that number one in my life where you can produce that fruit because once we stay in that vine and once we get into this altar, God will continue to press out all of those things. There is a pressing that comes in this altar when you come up here and say, Lord, I need you greater today than I ever have. Lord, take away me and put you in place. Uh, remove me and everything that I do and let you deliver and guide my footsteps in everything that we do. So as we stand this morning, as we get ready to end this morning, Kirsten, if you'll come help us with, with music and anybody else, I want us to remember as we get ready to come into this altar, if you need something this morning, let God move in your life. If you need something this morning, you may feel like that raisin, but if you'll let that Holy Ghost sweep over you and get under that water that God needs, I'm here to tell you that He will move in your life this morning. He will do great things that you've been praying for. We all need, we all need a breakthrough sometimes, but if we'll get under this altar and we'll get under this pressing, I'm here to tell you God is going to do great things. I need my family saved, amen? I need people around me to be saved. I need God to use me greater today and be that vessel and that fruit that he can do to provide because there's a world that needs to be in where we're at this morning. So as we get ready to come this morning, believe and trust in him this morning. Let him press on you that all of the world can be pressed out and that he can be filled and refilled with you each and every day this morning. So come on to this altar and let's have church this morning and just let God move in a great and a mighty. Don't hinder him this morning. Don't put him on a limit. Don't box him in. But let God move in your life this morning. Say, I need you today, greater today than I ever have, Lord.